Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast, Training the Pointy Labrador, episode number 236. And I'm going to break this podcast right now for at least a sub-series for a little while into two parts. I'm going to continue the somewhat randomized, uh, you know, aspects, different aspects to training uh, our hunting dogs and our competitive dogs, retrievers, and some that you know, are not retriever breeds, but still retrieve and do all this stuff. So I'm going to keep that going, and I'm going to have a sub uh, series going also every week for people who are going to be getting a puppy or have just gotten one. And I'd like to just take it, kind of break it down, because when you, particularly when you've never done it before, you know, and then you read stuff and you get on the internet and it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. Like, I don't know what to do. I hear this and then they say, no, never do that. And these guys say, yeah, but do this. And the other people are going, oh, never do that. It can be, it can be very, uh, very confusing to know how to really approach this from a big picture so that you ultimately get the dog that, that you really hope to have. So I'm going to talk a lot about uh, this is going to be one of the puppy ones. This will be number one in the puppy series. And I'm going to go along probably through the ages, somewhere between six months and a year when you start getting into the grown-up stuff and they're everything that in my regular podcasts are going to apply. So I'm going to, this will be number one, you know, br- picking, uh, well, I've already done picking a puppy, puppy, and that's just back a few podcasts. But now we're going to begin from when you get this puppy and you bring it home. And when you've never done it before, it's like the first time, you know, when you have your first kid. Any of you that have done that, you know, for me, I was terrified. I was like, okay, I know nothing about this. I have to not kill this baby. I have to, you know, it was, it was really scary. And it's, puppies are a little easier, right? Because you can put them in a box and walk away. But it's, I'm going to see if I can help on making people understand. Actually, it's not scary. Actually, it's not as confusing as it seems when you listen to what everybody says. And when you go to, uh, you know, your local trainer and they bring out the bacon bits and all that stuff, um, you know, and then you talk to me who says, no, throw those things away. It can, Like I said, it can be really hard. So I'm going to do what I can to, instead of telling you what to do and not do, I'd like to tell you what to think about and what to not worry about. And then approach this program in a way that works in the system of your life and also the way that you are. Because ultimately, that's exactly what's going to happen. So we're going to just try and start with the whole reality of the situation. There's people that think, you know, that use the word firm. You must be firm. Um, I never, I have never used that word unless I'm just quoting somebody. But when somebody tells you be firm, then that tells you they really have the more disciplined approach. And nothing wrong with a disciplined approach. But I mean discipline, like... Like the way I was raised, where you get punished if you do the wrong thing, um, and you don't get punished if you do the right thing, and, and that's one approach, and it's not one, you know, that I have ever found necessary. Nor is the one where it, it, neither is the one where where people say, well, just reward them when they do what you want, and ignore them when they don't, and that um, 
if somebody's going to have it and they have this fancy dog they train that way. But I'm going to say somewhere in there they didn't. They did some more disciplined uh, approaches. But that's not, that. if you train a dog that way, you are alleviating yourself of all the responsibility of addressing and teaching this dog. You're trying to teach them passively by not doing stuff and hoping that they put two and two and two together and finally come up with six. And you don't, you know, again, that's just letting yourself off the hook, you know, because that's way more comfortable of a way to do stuff, right? Oh, I could never be firm with my dog. I could never be very demanding. So I'll just do this. And again, then it's all about you. It's not about the dog. So just as with raising children, raising a puppy means you are willing to take the responsibility that this little creature deserves. You are willing to understand that you are the teacher of this dog. You are the nurturer of this dog. Part of that means making, you know, good food and good company and, and that life, it's warm and happy and nurtured and satisfied. And it also means that you give it every opportunity to live the life the way it was designed to live. That is something I rarely see. I do see it in the performance dogs. People really get that. And if they've never done it before, I, it doesn't even make sense. But when you buy a dog that's, that's bred to do something, to have a purpose, to have greater meaning in its life than just sitting next to you and breathing and eating, then part of what we owe these guys in, in terms of this, in, in payment for the service that they'll give us, is that we optimize what they're supposed to be. Right? I, I mean, it's as simple as if you have a pet monkey, which I don't think anyone should have a pet monkey, you know, and you keep it in a room it never gets to really be a monkey it's just a creature in a room that's staying alive where if you have a pet monkey and it has a forest and the trees and it gets to meet other monkeys and it gets to live the life that monkeys are supposed to then that is the most loving and caring thing you can do so with our dogs that have a purpose with our retrievers and our hunting dogs who have a purpose and it is to recognize and to work on what its DNA is in there crying out to do. You know, and that's this kind of predatory behavior where you go hunt things and then you, you get them whether somebody shoots them for you or not. And then you bring them back and give them to your partner. So that's what I'm talking about is dogs with a purpose. So the most loving, caring thing you can do for these dogs is optimize their purpose and also have them fit in a, in your life as, as the other other the ways that you want now the what i hear on that one is well my dog hunts five days a year and then the other 360 it doesn't so i'm going to just work emphasize more of the pet 360. i'm going to say that won't make any difference whether you have one of these competitive dogs that trains all year and hunts during the hunting season or whether you have a dog that just does a little bit of hunting on the one South Dakota trip everybody has every year, it doesn't change what makes that dog happy. It doesn't change what gives that dog great meaning. And that is to go do what its DNA cries out for it to do, particularly if you bred a new one. Bred, bred got a good one. <laughs> I was thinking too far ahead there. And I'll use my little dachshund as a very short example, right? Okay, I don't hunt rabbits at all. 
<laughs> ever. I, I don't want to eat rabbits. I don't want to shoot rabbits. I don't hunt rabbits. But she's a field champion, and she was at a, golly, I don't know, nine, ten months, something like that, uh, which is AKC bunny hunting things, because that's one of the things that these dachshunds were bred to do for a long, long time from the Europeans. And so I'm, I did the thing when she was very young. She encountered rabbits. I remember her first one, she just stared at it. Had no idea what it was, just like when our dogs, we introduced them to birds. Sometimes just looked at it, and it started to move. So she started to, it was a hilarious. I even have it on Facebook where she's kind of interacting with what's ultimately her prey. And so because of where I lived at the time, she encountered rabbits all the time, just like we want our dogs that do bird stuff to encounter birds with some frequency and she found out why she's on the planet now I live in the city and you know in a nice park area and all that stuff right there's rabbits everywhere so there's only one thing we do when we step out the door and that is we are hunting rabbits I would like to just take a walk right and all that stuff do well fine but all we're doing is hunting rabbits she knows where every rabbit den is in our uh, townhouse complex she knows every deck they live under everywhere they go and I don't know when people see me going by if they you know it looks like a, there's that lady walking her dachshund it's like oh no that's that lady walking and her dachshund is looking for stuff to kill so she has great <laughs> meaning in her life and so every day is an adventure and excitement and her health and her vibrancy and her great attitude toward life shows that Never had a health issue with her, knock on wood. You know, the attitude is fantastic. She loves everybody and everything because she thinks she's on here doing her thing every single day. And I think that for all of us, whatever our dogs do, we have to be able to find a way to bring that out and to make that be a part of their lives. I am thoroughly convinced of that. So if you want to wait, well, I'll wait till they're, you know, they're puppy. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to wait till later. That's, <clears throat> that's a mistake. Even if you're only going to hunt the South Dakota trip every year. Even if you only want to go get a junior hunter or a started, if you're going to do a little competitive stuff. This doesn't change anything. Because we're talking about operating inside the heart and mind of this little creature who was born with a purpose, with motivation, with spirit with brains, with talent. Let's do something that's meaningful with those things. So if you have that in mind with a puppy, then you might enjoy listening to some of the things I have to say. So bring in a little puppy home. Now, when you bring home, assuming you got a dog that's eight or 10 weeks old, they're kind of too young for almost anything. And when you remove a puppy from the only world it's ever known, you know, with mom and the well-being box and the yard or wherever they are and their siblings and their mom, that is all that they know. So understand that. They don't come knowing that they're an upland hunter or a duck dog or whatever. They don't know that. They don't know that they're there to be the family dog and be everybody's friend and all, go, all this stuff. They have no, that's, they know nothing about that. They don't know about what they can and can't do. They can't compute rules. They, they just kind of don't know anything. So when you bring them home, now's your chance. Now you have a dog that has no real ideas about anything for the next 12 to 15 years, if you're lucky, right? 
doesn't know anything about it. So now it's your chance to make sure that it learns those things that you want it to. Like with a human child, you know, one, you want them to feel safe. You want them to feel loved and, and, and cared for. You want them to have the, the, the eat the healthiest possible thing they can. You want them to get enough sleep. And you want to expose them to a good environment and friendly people and music and whatever it is that, you know, is meaningful in your life. And you, you start that early, right? You know, you redo them when they're a baby, when it's born, and, and afterwards all the time. You read, you know, my mom did that for me. I did it for my kids. Uh, priceless, priceless stuff to do. And so with puppies, we're going to do the same kind of thing. When they're really young, you know, and their little legs, no matter what breed you are, or an inch maybe, <laughs> or two at most, um, unless you got a Great Dane or something. But they're little tiny, so they can't do a lot. Their brains are just formed, right? I mean, they just, so they don't know things. Their eye, their vision is not very good. If you throw a little puppy bumper 15 feet, they probably won't see it when they're little. So you got to just, you know, do what you can. But the things that you want to do, starting from the beginning, okay, here's one everybody hates. Don't pick them up. <laughs> don't pick them up. Now, a little eight-week-old puppy, you have to pick it up to put it in the crate or in the vehicle or, you know, whatever. But if you don't pick up your dogs, then they never learn to jump. I'm just saying, do pick it up all you want, but don't come to me and ask me, how do I get the dog to stop jumping on me? Because it's like, I don't know, change its teacher or something. So if you want to go love on the dog, then get down on the floor with it. And love on the dog and do all that kind of stuff. But when you pick them up and then hold them and, uh, you know, I understand puppy breath is awfully good. Um, the less you do that, the fewer problems later on when the dog is 60, 70, 80 pounds uh, that you have. So just say it. Something to think about. People don't realize they create that jumping problem by teaching it the coolest place in the world is up in your face and your neck and your chest. So that's why they keep trying to go there. But what you do want to expose it to is one, total trust in you. That means a puppy, a little puppy like that, they don't know discipline. They don't know no. They don't know uh, punishment. They, they know, well, let's just say, let me say this. Mom, when they were with mom, if they went up and bit her in the ear, she may have just taken it or she may have growled and knocked them backwards. All right? So consequences as opposed to punishment. I'm going to say consequences. Moms teach that. Some of their fellow litter mates teach that. You know, you go over and take the, the, the litter bully and try to eat his food or something, he's going to roll you sideways. So understand that consequences are a part of a puppy's existence. And if you continue that and an at an age-appropriate level, then you are following exactly what its dog pack would have done. You, there are consequences for unacceptable behavior. So if you look at it as consequences versus discipline and punishment, um, it's a lot easier to understand and use with a puppy. So for example, I'm going to just start with, pup, with biting. That's it. You know, the jumping is a problem that, that people develop this down the line when it gets a little bit bigger. 
Biting is another thing. A lot of these, particularly our retrievers, you know, they can be real mouth-oriented, obviously, because they make their living carrying stuff. So when if you let little puppies bite, it makes it okay. It is that simple. So it, don't get in a position to let a little 8- or 10-week-old puppy bite you. And if they do bite or make a lot of noise, just as in their dog pack, there should be a consequence for it age and physicality appropriate so that they learn early on well that's not in this pack we don't do that the earlier that you establish that the better i'm not saying whop the snot out of a little puppy i'm not saying that have there be a consequence when it tries to bite or tries to do something that the puppy does not want to experience again that's what its mother, its dad, its litter mates, its pack mates would do if it were in its own natural world. And so that's the same way if we interact is the quickest way to prevent and solve problems. Okay, so it's not punishment and discipline. We're giving them a consequence just like their mom would that they don't want again. So if they do stuff and you just ignore it, there's no consequence and no reason not to do it again. Because they don't think the way that you do. They think like dogs do. So go, you know, approach that stuff. The house, the housebreaking and all that kind of stuff, that's what dog crates are for. You know, dog crates are for that. If your dog has to stay uh, in a crate all night because you work all night or something like that, then have a big enough crate on a little puppy so that it has a nice little bed on one side and a little, you know, puppy potty pad or whatever, you know, you could have some kind of shavings to show that this is where you go, or something in there where they, if they need to use the restroom, so they begin to delineate and separate, you know, where they sleep and live and where they go. And when you take them out of a crate, whether it's in the morning or in, whenever, take them out and direct, and this, go ahead and pick them up. Don't smooch them up to your face. Pick them up, carry them outside, set them down outside. So then they're going to have to go, and you know it, they quickly learn to associate, I do this outside and I live inside. Some can do it in a very short period of time. Some take a long time. They just don't, don't compute that as readily as others. Figure out what you got and do things appropriate. But that crate is a monster big help. And dogs live in dens in the wild, right? Little dens and stuff like that. So a crate is a very natural, nice, safe place. Plus it's safe. You have company over, somebody's bringing a dog, put your dog in a crate. Now, one of the other things I'm going to say, two more things. I kind of want to make these too long, but this, this is the first one, and it's kind of important. There's a couple things that you want to do and think about with a little puppy. One, whatever this little developing puppy, because they get from 8 weeks to 16 weeks in a flash of an eye is whatever they do, whatever the highlight of their day is, that's what expands the most. And the other things get moved aside. So if you have other dogs and you just drop the puppy right in the middle of them and that's where the dog spends its time, or when you, when you get, if you get two puppies or you have a couple dogs and you just put them both in the same kennel run or whatever, backyard, and that's where the dog spends the balance of its day and does the, the majority of its development, then the gang pack mentality prevails. 
that is never of use to you in training, in establishing a good, strong uh, connection and relationship, and that makes your training and the things you're going to do later easier. Period. I understand that is terribly unsatisfying to people because they just love to see the dogs play. Well, that's what children do. Human children, you go to the park or whatever, you turn your kids loose, they're up on the swing sets and stuff running around with everybody because that's very important in their development. The rest of their lives are going to be interacting with other humans. You know, ultimately their job, they got to work with people. You've got to, you know, you're going to get into relationships with people. You're going to live with people. You're going to share the highway with people. You have to learn to interact and work with people. So that's a real important thing for children. It is not so much for dogs, if at all. Because, because the, what you want when you're training, you only have the first year of a dog's life, everything is, that's, so, that's everything to me. By the end of that first year, I got this dog. We're tighter than anything. They know what their purpose is. They know what all the expectations are. Life is awesome, and it's very, very easy. And nowhere in any of that, nowhere, is playing with other dogs. Are they around other dogs? Sure. Frankly, after I've had dogs for just a few months, if they see other dogs, they don't go, whoa, friends. You know, they're like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah, my little wiener dog, she sees other dogs all the time. No interest. Just looking for those little critters on the ground. <laughs> That's it. Everybody else's dog sees, looks like a little weasel, right? Oh, I come running over. She's, she has none of that. Because that's not why she's out there. Because that's never been the highlight of her life. No lab or any other dog I ever raised had other dogs be the highlight of their life. So I could go anywhere and my dogs don't care if there are dogs everywhere or no dogs. It really makes no difference because that's not why we're there. And if you can start that fairly early, it makes things so simple. Now, do our puppies need to learn to get along with other dogs? Absolutely. But what, as opposed to, and this is going to be an important one, at least in my opinion, it's not that I teach them how to interact with other dogs so much as it is I teach them that thinking about me and being with me trumps everything. And the way I do that isn't through discipline. It is through doing the walk, the single most powerful training tool on the planet Earth, as far as I'm concerned, and I'll... I've done podcasts on that. I'll explain it briefly. And by giving them challenge and teaching them things, my little retrievers, when I get little retrievers, right, we retrieve every day, assuming they want to and have interest. We only retrieve a couple times, maybe three at most, every time leaving them wanting more. The leaving them wanting more is the key to that. I don't do more because the more retrieves they do, the more they'll like it. That's actually not the case. They'll just start to have to get creative because it gets kind of boring after a while, even if they're liking it. Pretty soon they'll stop coming straight back. You'll start to develop bad habits that later you're going, my dog does flybys. Well, it's because when you did 20 retrieves early, it started doing all kinds of stuff and you let it. So... uh we do the retrieves with my dachshund no i didn't although she does retrieve that wasn't like as thrilling to her as it is the retrievers so you know we did we did the walk was her thing because that's where she would hunt anyway so you do those kind of things you give them challenges you take them with you you teach them that the biggest connection in their lives is you 
not the other dogs. Does that take a little effort if you have other dogs around? Yes. Is it worth it? Yes. I've done it 100% of the time my entire life. It's very doable. But you just have to understand why it's important. Later on, after, after that, um, when you and your dog have this connection that is very, very strong, you know, and then you're somewhere, you go somewhere and you let your dog out there, everybody else's, your dog's going to, you know, they'll interact, sure. And if you say, come here, then they come right over to you. And you are still the most important thing. There are zero downsides to that. Zero. And yes, I can turn my little dachshund out with any amount of other dogs. And the only ones I worry about are the other dogs because she just thinks everybody's fine. She'll go, you know, go run around with him. She has a major love affair with one dog. Gets wildly excited when she sees him. Um, but if a bunny came up, that'd be gone. Gone. All things gone when her purpose in life comes up. And the and the, the retrievers, the hunting dogs are the same way. You know, they enjoy, oh, yeah, we're all here. Wait, what? Are you putting your, picking your gun up? Boom. They're, they're, they're ready to go. That's something you develop early on by mindfully being aware of what your dog does and understand that whatever the highlight of their day is that's what expands and the other things are shoved aside by that so the highlight for me for any dog when I start bringing them home as soon as they are old enough to go do a little walk they do it usually eight weeks more than ready more than this is where you mentally challenge them physically challenge them and teach humongous things that you might not even be aware of but the walk is and I'm not gonna I have an entire podcast on that it's not in the park it's not on the soccer field maybe when they're eight weeks old you can start there I don't care my dogs anybody every dog I've ever had my Pyrenees the walk wasn't it was well for our Pyrenees it was the perimeter of the property Every day we do that, teach her, here, you stay inside of these bounds, and she did it. But it was always natural natural terrain. And the other dogs, you go somewhere, you know, if you live by a golf course and there's that edging of it that's kind of wild and there's geese nesting and all that kind of stuff, there you go. That's it. Not the golf course, not the park, not down the sidewalk of the neighborhood. That is a walk down the neighborhood. You need to get somewhere where you set that puppy down, no leash, and then take off walking. And you do that every day for, in the beginning, you got to do it, you know, like 10 minutes. That's all you got. Ultimately, you know, with the big dogs, you could do it all day. They, that's called hunting, right? <laughs> but they could do that. But what they learn is the most exciting part of my day is when you come get me and then we go do this thing. And it's just the two of you, not the other dogs. This is not a dog pack activity. This is a relationship establishing activity. And the two of you are out there. And at first it's scary and you got to get past that because all they've known is the whelping box and their litter mates. And if you have to, you'd carry them out to a spot, set them down and walk back so that they have to come with you. But pretty soon they learn, oh, it's so interesting out there. There's all these things, and sometimes there's water, and sometimes there's little critters, and sometimes there's really icky stuff to eat, and I love it. And then they learn to negotiate things, and they learn that, one, you are everything, and they stay with you. You don't spend your time out there begging and calling. You take off walking. In short order, they learn, oh, i got to keep up and stay with them. They do that every day for the first four months of their life with you. They only know that. They never get out of the vehicle and take off, even in a bird field. Because that's not what you do. They never learned that. 
They never learned it. It's not in their head to consider. So they get out of the truck and they're like, hey, where are we going? They stay with you. They understand how to negotiate stuff. They understand how to use their eyes, how to use their nose, how to use the way listening, the other data they take in that we're unaware of. They learn all that and they don't even know they are. Just the daily exposure, they're getting it. And they're not on a leash. So you can't do this where everybody else's dogs are running all over the place. It's just the two of you. And it's not two people. Because when you take, you know, your partner or your daughter or somebody else out, um, then you are having a conversation with them or connected with them. And it's not this 100% connection between you and your dog. That is everything. And every single, without exception, person I know that has done this one time does it forever and tells everyone else they have to do it. Because what you find out is, I mean, you know what the dog's going to do before they do it. They know how to read you. They, they know all that. They don't learn to go be upland hunters by walking in the field with you. But they develop all the tools that they're going to need to go be good upland hunters. So you're not teaching upland hunting and getting them to think about using their nose and their eyes and all that stuff. That part's all done. So that's one of the most powerful things you can do. Not only that, it makes them strong and healthy. And that highlight, when the highlight of a puppy's day is that, you are everything. You trump everything. Then if you bring them home, give them a little snack, put them to bed in the crate or the kennel run or the backyard by themselves or something, then they just stew on that experience and it grows and it grows and it grows. And so every day when they see you get the shoes on, the jacket that you take to go do that stuff, they become wildly focused and excited. Ah, we're going to go do our thing. That is absolutely priceless. I don't care what breed of dog it is. And then a lot of, you know, you got a dog that comes when you call and works with you and all that kind of stuff. So those are things to do. And, you know, don't feed them. You don't need to feed them three times a day. They don't need to be fat, nor do they need to be skinny because they are growing babies, right? And you go with your vet on that stuff. But take this time. Whatever your dog is meant to do, begin to give them those opportunities because opening up their heart and their spirit to why they're on the earth beyond just sitting next to you and getting treats and being petted and played with by the kids, you know, they know that they have something greater than that. When they have their thing, their highlight of their day, then, you know, in the morning, they, everyone's home, kids are around, running around, screaming in the backyard, puppy chasing, I'm fine. Don't have them throw stuff. If you got a retriever, that's their job, you guys. After they're a year or two old, the kids can do whatever they want. But don't let them learn bad habits that now you're going to have to deal with. Oh, every time I throw something, the dog picks it up and runs off. Well, that's because that's what the kids taught it. <laughs> so don't let that stuff. But it can be out there with them in the chaos, wild thing, you know, so that everybody gets their enjoyment out of the dog. You know, the whole family can take the dog for a walk down the street on a little leash and stuff. Sure. But do those relationship and purpose and spirit development things, just you and your dog. Absolutely priceless. So uh, starting every day. 
morning if you can, evening if you have to do that. Come home in the middle of the day at lunch and do it. Find the time. If you're going to get a dog like this, you have to have a little bit of training time. Find that, you know, take it someplace and do that. Just once on the weekend is there's something else all day long that there's the highlight of their day. And if it's putting up with the other dog, it's going to be the other dog. And you will be wondering why this the dog will then be stubborn. When you decide you're going to train them and you take them away from the other dog and do stuff, all it's thinking about is, where's my buddy? I don't do stuff without my buddy. And then when you try to train, then, that you know, there's the stubborn dog, right? It's not stubborn. You just established its priority is that, that pack thing with that other dog. And you're trying to, then you come in there and ruin that. That's what's happening. They're not stubborn. You're just dealing with what you've taught the dog. It's always that way. So, this will be part one, half hours. Promise I'm going to not make them longer than that. Uh, just some things to think about with your puppy. Plan, plan before you bring the puppy home if you can to find places and time to do this stuff. And nowhere is he'll sit here. No, nothing of that stuff. You're just relationship establishing and teaching this dog why it's on the earth in a way that means something to that dog, not just you and the family. So that's it for now. I hope that's helpful. At least I give you something to think about. Um, and if you guys have questions, if any of you people that have questions on the bottom of the show notes on this thing, wherever this is showing up for you, I'm going to put an email address. If you guys have specific young puppy questions, or if you have, you know, slightly older puppy questions that I can store till I get there, if there's some specific things you'd like me to address, send a send an email to me and tell me what it is and I will be sure and incorporate that because I always say what I think is important and sometimes I don't know how, what you guys are thinking or feeling so let me know if there's some stuff that I can put into this to be helpful I would be more than happy to so that's an email down on the bottom of the show notes on this so that's it for this weekend if you guys have puppies that is the most fun thing it's my one of my favorite things because I love these guys and two I get to teach them the real meaning of their lives i mean and they love it and that makes health and and it makes it just makes everything so much better just like if you and i think we're here doing what we're supposed to be doing and we really like it and we're given a lot of opportunity it's the same thing for those guys so this is such a precious time because you can just teach them to be the coolest dog in the world and the happiest dog in the world so that's it for today i will later this week have the one for regular ongoing training stuff and i look forward to this puppy series i love this stuff i really enjoy it so i will be back in a week with the next section but you guys let me know your questions love to hear what you're interested in